Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's holy word. Here we are. We have arrived at the last day of January. Can you believe we're one twelfth through the year already? We are going to start off today on this Monday, January 31st, with lifting up our hearts. Prayers from John Calvin. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, since in these days the earth is full of defilements that pollute the sacred worship of your name, as there is scarcely a corner of the world that Satan has not corrupted, and as your truth is everywhere adulterated, that we may persevere and remain steadfast in our course of piety. May we always be attentive to that light that you first set before us in the law and that shines upon us now more fully in the gospel. May we never become plunged into that darkness in which we see the world wrapped up and in which those who seem to be themselves most acute are still involved. Grant us always to follow that life you show us until we arrive at that goal you have set before us, and to which you do daily invite us by your only begotten Son. Amen. Okay, we're going to be looking at Acts 21, just the start of it. Kind of a difficult story, as we'll see. Uh, We're going to read from verse 1 through verse 16 today. Hear the word of the Lord. And when we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patera. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey, and they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city. And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Plotamus, and we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, Let the will of the Lord be done. After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Nason of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we should lodge. I think as we were reading through that, you probably came across... What I was driving at as to why this is a little bit of a difficult passage. We seem to be getting conflicting messages, don't we? Well, that's not really the case when we stop and take a look at what is happening. But what it seems like on the surface is that Paul is getting a message to go to Jerusalem from the Holy Spirit. But then other people are getting a message that he shouldn't go to Jerusalem. But when we stop and we look at what the message actually is we see that there really isn't a conflict here. This is really 
Paul being informed of what will happen to him there and whether or not he's willing to face the hardship and whether or not he's willing to face persecution for the name of Christ. And we see this as we look at verse 11, when this one who was prophesying, Agabus, tells Paul, or he takes his belt and wraps it around his feet and his hands. And, you know, this is kind of a weird thing to see. Imagine being there as this is going down, right? Very interesting uh, thing to do. But uh, Agabus says that the Holy Spirit says, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns the belt and delivers him into the hands of the Gentiles. Notice there is no specific message there to not go. It is more that what is being prophesied is the difficulty that Paul will face. Is he willing to go, right? That is the question that really we are seeing here. And so Paul hears this, and people are telling him not to go to Jerusalem, not because the Holy Spirit has said to them here, don't go, but you are going to be persecuted if you go. Now, those are two very different things. Now, in our minds, that seems like a sign to stay away. But Paul is convinced that he is to go to Jerusalem. And so he answers in this way, what are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart for, I'm not only ready to be imprisoned, but to die, right? He's saying that he is willing to face persecution. He's willing to face suffering and even death for the cause of Christ. Again, what were the people concerned about? This this persecution that was going to happen. But we know from previous parts of Acts, right, that that there were plenty of opportunities that Paul could have uh, died. Paul could have had something very bad happen to him. But it isn't his time yet. And so we see Paul having a faith that it's his job to go and proclaim the gospel, to go and advance the cause of Christ, Now, he knows that hardship is coming. The other people don't like this hardship, but Paul is willing to go. There aren't conflicting messages here. There is the the, what is conflicting is Paul's willingness to suffer for the cause of Christ and the other people's willingness to let him suffer. And so they finally come to what is the correct answer in so many of our circumstances, right? Notice what it says. He wouldn't be persuaded. He was certain this is what he was supposed to do. And so Luke says that they all stopped and they said, let the will of the Lord be done. In other words, we're going to trust what God will do. If it's Paul's time, it's Paul's time. If it's not, it's not. Let the will of the Lord be done. And that is the message for us. Now, we're not receiving uh, secret messages. We're not receiving visions of, of persecution or anything. But it still is a good message for us to have the attitude that no matter what happens, let the will of the Lord be done. As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. As we truly believe what it says in Romans, that God works all things together for good for those who love him. When we face hardships, it's important that we understand this truth. That we don't run away from it and assume that somehow maybe God is punishing us for something we've done wrong or anything like that. Hardship comes to everyone. And in fact, we see through the life of Paul that God works those things together to do his will. And we should not expect that having a Savior who suffered to save us, that we should be above suffering. God did not promise that we would not have suffering in this life. Instead, he promised that he would rescue us from sin, death, and hell. And so may we, in the face of hardships, may we, in the face of persecution, be able to say, 
what the Apostle Paul is doing here and what his companions agreed to, to let the will of the Lord be done. Let us go to prayer. Merciful Lord, we praise and thank you for the confidence that your holy word gives to us. For we know that you never leave us or forsake us, even in the face of hardships and persecution. Grant us faith in the truth that you can work the difficult things in our lives to your glory and help us to trust in the sure promise of your salvation as we face the challenges before us in this life. And today we lift up our nation to you. We pray for all that serve in the different branches of our national government. And we pray for wisdom for our president and for his cabinet. We lift up those who serve in Congress and in the Senate, and we pray that they would make laws according to your will. We pray for the Supreme Court and all the courts in our land, asking that they would rule justly. We humbly pray to you, asking that we would be a nation that is just and that your will would be done in our land. As we begin another day, we lay it at your feet, and we trust that you will be at work in us. For we have heard your word, and we trust that the Holy Spirit that indwells us will continue the work of sanctification in our lives. Grant that we might be your faithful servants today, and that our lives bring glory to your holy name. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Have a great Monday. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available each week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel. 